Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. And we're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. So that's the twist. And let me introduce the crew. Guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, yes, he's back. Captain Brett Bartlett, all the way from Lando Lakes, Florida. Thanks, Brett, for being on the show. Also, if you want to go even further north, yes, we have Hollywood Sergeant Joe Rollerson up what's west of Ocala or somewhere out there. It's an undisclosed location. He's he gets so many threats and and and, and women trying to have his baby. He just he, he's off the grid now. So thanks for being on the show, guys. Appreciate it. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, AUFire.com, GallsGunner.com, BlueTheGold.com, MyMedicare.live, and we are fueled by Monster and what am I drinking today? It's the Monster Energy. It's the low carb. This is some great flavor, guys. So it's good stuff. Now, Brett, I want you to stay away from this, okay? It's not for the faint in heart, but yes, it it the Monster's good stuff. So thanks for the fuel from Monster. Also, a shout out to Brian Burns with the free press at TampaFP.com. Thanks for carrying our content. Great news resource as well. Also, Ray Dietrich of RedVoiceMedia.com. We're streaming the eight locations right now. Three of those are Facebook pages that belong to Red Voice Media, and they have about a million followers alone just on those three Facebook pages. So thanks to Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media, for helping make that happen. And, yeah, we're not missing uh, YouTube so much anymore. Uh, so, guys, we got some great topics. You know, our first one's a main topic, David, Tennessee, to be a little bit deeper. We had a great show yesterday. And, and just to remind everybody, for this week, uh, we have another live show tomorrow, which is Wednesday. And then, of course, Thursday and Friday, it is Thanksgiving Day and Black Friday. And so for those days, we're going to be putting the, uh, we put together, producer Will and, and producer Jimmy putting together some special content for you guys uh, for some previous show uh, shows. So um, so make sure you watch that. And also, we're going to try to be on there talking and uh, and and communicating with you guys during the uh, during the stream as well. So you, you don't be surprised if you see us in there. So look, this story, lawofficer.com, a Soros-backed anti-police DA district attorney, Jose Garza, ignites outrage as he shows up at an officer's funeral. Yep, it happened. You know, I was with the uh, the Police Benevolent Association for my last six years with the PD. I've been at many, uh, unfortunately, many uh, police funerals. That is not something to brag about. It's something you never want to experience, believe me. Uh, but I have seen politicians show up when they're not wanted. I've seen family members show up that weren't wanted, and and it is it's not a good thing. And then it has a tendency to get ugly because the spouse, surviving spouse and family, they they don't want to take it, man. They are at their threshold and they don't. So this is in Austin, Texas. So a George Soros back pro, uh, prosecutor, I guess throughout. Well, I guess all the Soros-backed prosecutors throughout the country have wreaked havoc on the criminal justice system, according to our article. Their soft-on-crime, harsh-on-cops approach has contributed to the exit of many good men and women from the profession. We're talking about law enforcement. Travis County District Attorney Jose Garza is at the top of this list when it comes to prosecutors who have done the most damage to public safety and local police agencies, according to law enforcement officers who have been forced to deal with him and his progressive, destructive policies. So it comes as no surprise that cops were not happy to see D.A. Garza when he shows up at the funeral of a fallen Austin police officer. And it was Officer George uh, Pastor, the SWAT team member who was shot and killed November the 11th while responding to a call about a barricaded gunman that was holding three hostages. So as Garza arrived at the memorial service on Friday, his presence created so much uh, angst and outrage that he was forced to make an early exit. Multiple law enforcement sources told this to Fox News Digital. And here's a quote saying that when he came walking in, I thought, what gall 
this man has to show up at a funeral for an officer killed in the line of duty when all he's done since he's been in office is go after cops. This is Dennis Ferris. He's the president of the Austin Police Retired Officers Association. And he told this to the news outlet. So Garza arrived at the funeral. He was asked to leave a room set aside for first responders since his presence was, quote, making people uncomfortable. And then he seats himself in an area set aside for the mayor and the city council. And he was not supposed to be there either. And this is, you know, according to Fox. So finally, the rogue prosecutor was told that he was not welcome where he situated himself. He was directed to watch the funeral in a room on CCTV, at which point he decided to leave. Uh, so here's another quote saying it was a slap in the face to every officer there seeing D.A. Garza at the funeral. And this is what an Austin police officer who wanted to remain anonymous says. Now, everyone I spoke to expressed anger, confusion uh, or both, given his relationship or lack thereof with the law enforcement community. And what's worse, it seemed as though D.A. Garza was genuinely confused as to why he was being asked to leave areas that he didn't belong, uh, as though he didn't understand all the problems that he's caused by unjustly indicting so many of our brothers and sisters. He should have just stayed home, according to this officer. D.A. Garza has backed progressive billionaire George Soros' financial network to the tune of $652,000 during the campaign for office in 2020, according to Fox. Uh, the Texas Justice and Public Safety PAC, uh, to which Soros contributed, spent nearly a million dollars on digital and mail advertisements to help Garza campaign to get in the office. The chief prosecutor in Travis County campaigned for the D.A.'s office by promising to prosecute cops, and he's more than fulfilled that promise by indicting 19, that's one nine officers, involved in quelling a Black Lives Matter riot that the department previously exonerated. So these cops were exonerated, but yet he indicts 19 guys, uh, which his critics say was politically motivated. And Garza went on to uh, promise to indict Austin police officer Christopher Taylor for murder in a move that critics called more evidence of an anti-police bias. So a mistrial was declared in the Taylor case earlier this year, but it did not dissuade Garza, and uh, he took another swing, and he, he went to trial again trying to prosecute Officer Christopher Taylor. And there was a second mistrial declared last week after a jury deliberated for over 34 hours, but they could not reach a unanimous verdict. So, guys, we could go on and on about this guy, just a, a, a real piece of trash. Um, but I want to hear from you. So, Captain Brett Bartlett, I, I would love to hear your words on this. First, he is a piece of trash, no doubt about it. But think about it, Chip. More than half of the people, more than half of the voting population of that jurisdiction voted for him. So that means more than half of the people seeing the news in that jurisdiction will approve of him going to this funeral and approve of, or at least be uh, uh, considerate of the fact that the police treated him terribly and kicked him out. So doesn't that just prove to more than 50% of that electorate that the cops are terrible people? He, he didn't go there in a vacuum. He went there knowing yeah. exactly what was going to happen. He's not a stupid man. It was, and like the article said, it was done on purpose for a reason. And so he got approval for, for his behavior and non-approval for the police behavior of more than half the people in that jurisdiction. You know, I, I wonder if these people, and I'm talking about, look, I know a lot of people watch our show. I've got friends and family that are all over the place as far as, you know, political, you know, um, positions and stuff. But I wonder if a lot of these people, which are mostly on the left, you know, um, not conservative, you know, they're, 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 you know, liberal Democrats mostly. I wonder if they watch what goes on, cops getting indicted and then the crime going up. And I wonder if they ever just scratch their head and the light bulb ever goes up, goes up, goes off and says, you know, 
man, maybe we should have voted a different way. Is that is you know you change things no. at the poll? I wonder if they ever think or, or is that no. just too and, deep? And, and here's why, Chip. The, the number one rule in politics is if it's my guy, he can't do wrong. If he's my guy, nothing he gets caught of uh, getting caught with a pony or twelve year old or a twelve year old pony, he cannot do any wrong because. If I change my opinion, that means I was wrong to start with. So if he's if he's my guy, there's nothing he can do wrong. I will vote for my guy again. That's the number one rule in politics. Wow. Well, you know, I want to hear from Joe. Joe, please, no stories about 12 years old or ponies, though, but you're up. Well, this this is a, a pattern, obviously, with uh, these source back prosecutors. Uh, it's not going to change. Uh, these people are running on the fact that they're going to prosecute cops. They're going to go after their political opponents, which, like Brett said, half the population voted for him. So they're over in the grandstands cheering this guy on. Uh, and they're like, yeah, look at him. Um, yeah, this was a political stunt where he walked in there and now he can go back later and say exactly what Brett said. Um, you know, uh, look, look what the cops did to me. See how bad they are. Uh, my question to this dude would be, does he go to the criminals' funerals? I mean, does he, like, send flowers to them and hang out with them? Because that's who he's supporting. So uh, I'd like to know if he's doing that. But, yeah, this is this is all political, and I guarantee you this will come up later when he runs for office again. Wow. Yeah, that's scary. Well, uh, well, thanks, guys. Great way to start off the show. Now, look, um, we haven't done a Gulls gift card giveaway in a while, and I'm talking about a free $50 Gulls gift card. So – um, and, and I just got some new ones from goals the other day. Yeah. They just sent them in and these are electronic digital. So I can email them to the recipient pretty quickly. So, um, let's, I'll tell you what, let's do another goals gift card giveaway. We're going to open up on the phone line. So look, the only one that we're going to do guys, cause sometimes there's confusion. Um, the only one that we're going to give away, it's going to be through the phone line. So at the bottom of the hour, all you guys have to do. It's just call the number that I have on the screen now. So you may want to write it down at the bottom of the hour when it gets close to 1230. We're going to do our second commercial break, and that's when we're going to do it. So the number for people that are listening to the show, audibly, it's 863-225-2000. So again, area code 863-225-2000 if you want to win a Gauls gift card. So nobody who's won, if we've had any other winners this month, um, you know, that would, and I don't know that we've had any in November. Um, Jimmy does not think so. Um, so we don't want you to win more than one. But uh, but yeah, make sure you dial it. We'll tell you when the call. And I've got that ticker going so you guys can write that down. But it's not starting yet. Phone line's ringing already, but we're going to do it at the bottom of the hour. So we've got about uh, 30 seconds before our uh, first commercial break. So I'm going to go ahead and whet your appetite, guys, with the uh, next topic. So the next topic that we're going to be talking about, lawoffice.com, we have a federal judge that overturns California's unconstitutional ban on specific firearms now captain brett bartlett's going to tear this thing up it's a commercial break stick with us we'll be right back all right guys you know motion dsp they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years with a robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software the motion dsp software is easy to use requires no specialized training or expertise and you can save out of time with spotlights one click on it meaning tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieve results quickly and just three steps import process and export a spotlight is built specifically for redaction designed to work with video from any camera source and using motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction. 
and forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from just low quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products and all these capabilities by simply going to motiondsp.com. Again, that's motiondsp.com. So guys, AU Fire stands for Accuracy Under Fire. It's at aufire.com. And now agencies can prepare their Leos for the mental challenges associated with being wounded on duty, forcing them to adapt, problem solve, refocus, and overcome by effectively neutralizing the threat. So aufire.com is the only option to safely prepare Leos for the instant, intense, random, and distracting immobilization of a body part associated with a debilitating wound. Go to aufire.com, watch the cool videos, learn about this amazing product, aufire.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Um, and I'm getting ready to get into our second story. Our next commercial break is when we're going to do the call-in for the free $50 Girls gift card. And the phone number will be area code 863-225-2000. Again, 863-225-2000. But not yet. In about 7 minutes and 13 seconds is when that'll start. So, so guys, stick with us here. Our next exciting topic that we're getting ready to talk about. I've already wet the appetite. LawOfficer.com, a federal judge overturns California's unconstitutional ban on specific firearms. Yeah. I just went to California. I had to fly there. Yeah, I was packing because I had to fly into San Francisco. So obviously I'm going to be packing, right? But hey, the gun laws are different there. You cannot carry a magazine that holds more than 10 rounds. And even if you carry a 15-round magazine and only have 10 rounds in it, eh, that ain't going to cut it. You cannot carry a magazine more than 10 rounds, period. So in San Diego, federal judge overturned California's ban on firearms labeled as assault weapons on Thursday. Now, in the ruling, the judge said that a three-decade-old Prohibition against semi-automatic firearms violates the constitutional right to bear arms. So U.S. District Judge Roger uh, Benitez, that's B as in boy, E-N-I-T-E-Z, this guy's a hero, um, of San Diego, noted that criminals who misuse the firearm cannot dictate the rules for millions of law-abiding American households who carry rifles like the AR-15 for self-defense or any other lawful activity. This was in the Daily Wire. So in 1989, California became the first U.S. state to enact such a law after five children were killed in a school shooting. And here's a quote um, and from the judge's writing. The judge wrote, California's answer to the criminal misuse of a few is to disarm its many good residents. He wrote that in a 79-page ruling, 79 pages. That knee-jerk reaction is constitutionally untenable. He said, just as it was 250 years ago, the Second Amendment stands as a shield from government, I guess, imposition of that policy. So the judge ruled in favor of several gun advocacy groups who challenged the Assault Weapons Control Act and the other state laws that undermine the U.S. Constitution. Wow. Brett, I know you're probably writing that guy's number down and going to and going to call and email the judge. Well, so, uh, and that's a great rule. Here's the problem. It's, it's a circuit court judge. It's, you know, if it goes up to the Ninth Circuit. On appeal, it might get completely flipped around. But Ninth Circuit's been doing some crazy things recently. But there's been a lot of forward movement. The whole pistol brace thing—that's all done. They got beat. ATF, ATF is getting its butt handed to them in the last few weeks. But that doesn't mean the anti-gun people are going to stop. They're going to find another way. Now they're going after ammunition manufacturers, and they're going after—they've been going after gun dealers. They've been hammering gun dealers on tiny little issues. So they're not, they're not done with us, but it is encouraging that uh, a year and a half ago when the Bruin decision came out of the U.S. Supreme Court, these courts are now having to look at what was going on when the amendment was passed. 
they have to use that as a bellwether. So there's a lot of good decisions coming out. And I appreciate Judge Benitez for his words, but his words are for nothing if the Ninth Circuit overturns him. Yeah, so so think about, though, how difficult it must be for a judge out there in San Diego, um, knowing that you know, no one wants their decisions overturned by any court. Um, so I'm, I'm sure, I look, I think he did the right thing because it was the right thing to do and that he gets it. But I'm sure that knowing that, it may be overturned in that circuit court, which or which or in that appellate court, which would really, which would really suck. But yeah, well, I tell you, you know, I know that uh, Trump's coming up. You know, he's going to try try to get reelected again, and I don't know if that's going to work or not. But one thing I'm so happy about him being president, he put conservatives on the Supreme Court. If that had not happened, we'd be telling a different tale right now. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, little doubt. All right, guys. Moving along here, then let's see our next one coming up here. We've got a story with the video components. Look, I just hard to find a good a good news story that does not have a video component. So we're going to describe in great detail what's going on, so you guys don't feel like you're missing out on anything. And look for our audio listeners, podcast, radio state, loyal to your podcast platform, your radio station, because they're bringing you this solid content. Uh, but you know, this live show it's Monday through Friday, you know, twelve to one o'clock during the lunch hour on Eastern time. But we take the same show, the same content, reproduce it at 9 o'clock the next morning on our Rumble channel Tuesday through Saturday. And we embed all the videos that we talk about, put pictures of the good guys and the bad guys, so it makes for a unique way to watch the show. So on Rumble, our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter, a man wearing a makeshift body armor uh, who pointed a gun at Ogden officers ends up being fatally shot. Show me your hands. Show me your hands. Ogden City Police, show me your hands! Stop! Show me your hands! You're gonna get shot! Give me your hands! I can't tell what's in his hands, he's pointing it. Drop it! You're gonna get... Drop it! Drop it! I'll tell you, if you want to get into a gunfight that's going to give you a pucker factor, this should do it. On October the 5th, shortly before 1.20 a.m., we have Ogden police respond to a disturbance at a house. The man reportedly is intoxicated at the house, and he's armed with a firearm. So the man had said that he would handle it himself and take himself out if the officers came to the home. But after the officers get there, seven officers are confronted by this guy with a handgun, and he allegedly points the gun at the officers repeatedly and ignores multiple commands to drop the weapon. Now, Watch, having watched the video, I can I can confirm that that's what happened. Uh, the officers fired their weapons. Suspect was struck and killed. Police said the officers have responded to calls of this nature at the same house where the same guy has threatened to use firearms against himself and other people before. And, you know, just, um, you know, I'm looking at my notes here. Um, he's visible in the video on the extreme left-hand side of the video. And, yeah, he's taking a shooting stance. And, man, it took it took a while for these guys to put him down. But thank God they did. Um, commentary on the video, guys. Anybody, Joe? Yeah, I, I watched the I watched the video, and I was I was impressed that uh, the officers took so long to put him down. The guy was actually in a in a like you said a 
the shooting position. He was aiming the gun downrange at the officers. They were yelling. They 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 really really restrained them restrained themselves for quite a while. Which I looked at it and I was like, man, that guy would have been down a lot sooner uh, because obviously they were giving him time to point the gun, find people, and uh, and find a target. And uh, that you know they did take him out eventually, but obviously. The guy had some mental issues. I mean, he's, you know, anybody standing out in the middle of the road doing that, uh, he was wanting to die. And, but uh, I just can't believe the officers took so long. They gave him the opportunity to, to take a beat on them and pull the trigger because he was in, in the position, the firing position that you take when you're going to, you know, shoot your weapon. All right. Captain Brett, give me a few seconds to give the uh, number uh, again, but go ahead, Brett. They should have shot him way before when they pulled the trigger way way before i don't know what they're thinking but they should have shot that guy yeah no yeah no no argument here and, and there is a reluctance law enforcement and we, we get frustrated watching some of these videos but guys it is time for our call in so we're getting ready to break in 23 seconds so again the call this is the only contest we're doing for a golf skip card of the day call 863-225-2000 863-225-2000 to win that free 50 dollars golf skip card and we're going to do the commercial break in just one second and we will see you back in a few minutes. All right, guys. Yes, it's time to talk about Gauls. And it's the new Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo. Hopefully, Captain Brett Bartlett will help me out with this one. You know, uh, certainly by now you guys know about the new Gauls. And they are the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as Captain Brett Bartlett himself always says, they pretty much have everything for, for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So, Brett, what's going on at Gauls today? Oh, big news. Uh, there's a, um, a line of product, Heroes Pride. It's uh, it's more like duty gear. They're offering 20% off, which in my case allows me on a certain budget to buy 20% more stuff given the same amount of money. Uh, and I, occasionally I do need this stuff because I, I still teach a police academy and I need to wear what they're wearing. Wow, I love it. Dolls.com slash Leo. And hey, their uniform program, second to none. Our former, our former agency has got a Gauls uniform office in the second floor lobby of the Tampa Police Department, Gauls.com slash Leo. Don't wait. Check it out right now. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we have a winner, Kevin Rouse. Uh, hey, first-time listener in Sarasota, Florida. Wow, did that work out good for Kevin? So thanks for uh, thanks for listening to the show and uh, and following the instructions for the call in. Appreciate it. Um, so, guys, uh, any any if there's any more comments on the first story, great. If not, well, we've got another one with the video component we're holding on to. So, okay, we will move on then. So, look, our next one. We are still at Rumble.com, still on our favorite video channel called This Is Butter. We have warned police they released dash cam of a chase and an officer-involved shooting. Turn it off! Turn it off! Everyone, show me out with New York plate, Lincoln David. Seven five. Hey, block in front of him. He's trying to take off. 
So Warren police, they released this dash cam footage of this chase, and it was Thursday afternoon, and it started as a routine traffic stop for speeding. And, uh, you know, yesterday we did a story about how the general public, they've been polling, saying, hey, we don't want cops just giving, you know, regular speeding tickets and stopping for, like, frivolous things like taillights and stuff. We want it to be, like, DUIs, reckless driving, that kind of stuff. So this is a perfect example. And a Brett, if we had you on yesterday's show, you would have been pulled, pulling your hair out. Uh, so Thursday afternoon was started as this routine traffic stop for speeding. Yeah, traffic enforcement. It quickly turned into a chase. So what's going on? Um, and I'm Officer Rodriguez. And so the reason for the stop, um, you know, the officer's telling the guys that you're doing 52 miles an hour in a 40-mile-an-hour zone. That's what the officer said on the audio uh, for the video. So seven action news that watched the traffic stop alongside Warren Police Commissioner Bill Dwyer, who explained that the approach and the policy behind this pursuit. So there was an assisting officer that was blocking traffic behind the guys doing the traffic stop to limit the danger uh, to the public. Um, so our officer that's confronting the bad guy on the passenger side, he doesn't have to worry about being taken out by, uh, by another driver because he's got a car you know, kind of blocking that lane. The driver had fled, um, uh, it says a seven mile distance. So yeah, this guy takes off. And so this car that was blocking traffic attempts to pit him um, is unable to do that. So our guy, yeah, on a seven-mile chase now. Uh, the commissioner said that after the suspect rammed the vehicle um, in front of him, a, an officer shot the suspect in the arm. And later on, after about seven miles, they try the boxman again, and he ends up ramming a civilian vehicle, and then uh, they shoot him in the arm. Officers pull this guy out of the car at the end of the pursuit, and uh, it's documented in the report that there was a majority of people um, that do fleeing and looting. They're either, they're, they're either convicted of crimes felony crimes or they're wanted for felony crimes and that's a proven fact according to the commissioner so it's so important to be able to do traffic enforcement on everybody and just remember criminals are criminals they're not going to obey the laws any laws much less traffic laws so don't think that you know that's going to be an unnecessary hardship on law-abiding citizens so uh but that said commentary on this particular story guys anybody yeah they should have they should have broken something on him yeah, that, that, know, that could have been. This guy, you know, this this guy's a danger to the public, but you can't shoot him, right? You, oh, you'll, you'll, there'll be big trouble, especially if you're out in California. Those people are an absolute danger. It's no different than if he was walking in traffic, pointing a gun at people. When he's driving that vehicle recklessly like that, intentionally, he, he needs to physically suffer so that he can't get behind the wheel again for a very long time. All right. Good. Well, you know, that, that's a 3,000-pound weapon, 
and it's just as dangerous as a firearm. We've all been there. We've, I know I've had uh, bad guys drive right at me. I've had my police car rammed and knocked off the road. And, um, you know, when those situations occur, that's aggravated assault. Um, uh, so you can, if you feel this guy's, uh, you know, creating a, a, a bad situation for the public, you got to react the, the way you have to with these, this guy. But he, like we said yesterday, Chip, about the traffic stops, uh, they're trying to eliminate minor, minor things. But most people that you encounter that have issues with the car or they flee, there's a reason they're doing that. And it gives us a excellent weapon or an excellent tool to enforce the law and find out what they're up to and protect the public. Thanks. Totally agree, gentlemen. All right. Well, look, moving along, and we're making good time here. We've got an update story. Police one NYPD's budget will be cut by $132 million. The next five academy classes have been canceled. Wow. So if you guys are scratching your head and you're not aware of this, listen to this. So the NYPD Academy, they're cutting the next five academy classes due to a dramatic budget cut, according to the New York Post. The move will result in an estimated decrease of officers to about 29,000 by 2025. Now, you guys might be thinking, well, 29,000 doesn't sound like bad, right? It's a lot of officers. Yeah, well, they're usually around 35,000. Uh, the lowest number will, this will be the lowest number since the 1990s, according to the report. So the NYPD's 5.6 billion dollar budget, imagine that. It'll be cut by 132 million next year. The cancellation of academy classes for the next one and a half years will cover about 42 million of it. So it's truly, here's a quote from the Police Benevolent Association President, Patrick Henry, uh, used to be Patrick Lynch, now it's Patrick Henry, says this is truly a disaster for every New Yorker who cares about safe streets. Cops are already stretched out to our breaking point and these cuts will return us to staffing levels we haven't seen since the crime epidemic of the 80s and the 90s. We cannot go back there. And then Mayor uh, Eric Adams, who's creating this, well, I shouldn't say he's creating this. He's responding to a lot of this immigrant issues that's going on because, you know, New York City's a sanctuary city, and now they can't handle it, uh, and they're changing their tune now. Uh, but Mayor Eric Adams announced the sweeping cuts in the budget modification released on November the 16th in the New York Daily uh, News. Mayor Adams said in a written statement that the cuts which affected NYPD, uh, FDNY, the fire department, public library, sanitation, and schools, that they're needed to support programs for the city's growing migrant population. That's right. <laughs> Guys, commentary, Brett. Yeah, I think what he should do is, 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 is have a poll, have a vote there in the city to find out which of the boroughs or which of the neighborhoods hates the cops the worst. Huh. And what he can do is take all the cops out of that area and use them to staff the areas and the other place where they don't hate the cops that much. That way he can, he can fully staff some areas where they, their cops are wanted and no cops in the areas where the cops are not wanted. That's a good use of, of the available resources. You, you might be on to something. What do you think, Joe? Well, <clears throat> I, I read the article and it's not just the police being defunded. It's uh, the fire department. It's also uh, medical uh, services in the city are being defunded uh, because of the influx of uh, the immigrants. Uh, so the, the people in New York, they're being, you know, they're just being hammered because of the influx of these immigrants. But, you know, they, I'm not really condemning the New Yorkers, but it was a sanctuary city. And this is what happens when you allow hundreds of thousands of undocumented people to come in. You got to put them someplace. You got to pay for them. And now uh, the crime rate's going to go up. We all know what's going to happen. Uh, and the fire department won't be able to respond in an adequate time. But 
it's it's really a tragedy what they're doing to have to cut um, the the money out of the budget. Well, it may be hundreds of thousands in New York City, but it's of course millions in the United States, Brett. Yeah, and well, it's, if it's firemen too, take the firemen out of those areas, out of the out of the no cop area, put them in the other areas, and that way the places that don't want the cops, they can just burn to the ground, and that way they'll leave a lot of green spaces. They can they can bulldoze it, make a lot of parks, and once they make parks, they can buy a bunch of tents and put the homeless people in. The I was going to so say that. I tents, think it's a, it's, wow. it's a win win. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you're yeah. <laughs> Brett's tough. He's tough. Mark, mark my words. We'll, we'll, we'll see Brett. It'll be some senator or House representative, you know, within 12 months now. Watch, watch it happen. So, all right, guys, moving along. We've got uh, about two minutes before our, our next and final break. Uh, but let's see. We've got a story, another story with a video component. So back at Rumble.com, this is Butter again. A white settlement police officer prevents a murder-suicide and catches the suspect just in time. He had long hair in a ponytail wearing a black hat. Hey, like a checker shirt. Hey. Hands where I can see him. Hands up. Hands where I can see him. Get down on your knees. Face down. Face down. Don't move. Yes, there's a video component to this. Uh, all I can say is, is, is wow. Wow, watch this thing go down. So investigators with the White uh, Settlement Police Department, they arrested a man who they said was headed to kill another man and then to take his own life on November the 12th. So according to the department, investigators uh, came to that conclusion based on the situation and social media posts that they uncovered. So Stephen Silva was taken into custody for unlawfully carrying a weapon, uh, possession of a controlled substance, and terroristic threat. So police said the victim called 911 in a panic saying that Silva, or bad guy, was going to shoot him over a personal issue related to a female friend. Isn't that the way it always starts, Brett? So police said the victim called 9-11 in a paddock. And so the seven officers arrived at the home, and Silva, this bad guy that is going to go shoot this dude, um, he's at the victim's front door, and he's got a 22 caliber rifle, he's got a shotgun and a handgun. And police said they tell Silva to lay, Silva to lay down, not touch the weapons, which he does, thank, thank God. Um, had officers arrived a few seconds later, this could have been a very different outcome, according to White Summit Police Chief Christopher Cook. The showcases the types of situations our officers face on a routine basis. I am thankful the suspect complied with the officer's commands. And that's the chief talking. Wow. Now, 15 seconds before our commercial break. Go ahead, Joe. Um, I'd like to know what guy's going to commit murder, and he calls the dude and tells him that he's getting ready to do it. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty stupid. But uh, he maybe he really didn't want to do it. He was just threatening the guy, but... It ended up really bad for him. Commercial break, guys. Stick with us. Be right back. All right, guys. No matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunlearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. Gunlearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our Captain Brett Bartlett here. They provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard. It's one of the most firearm 
knowledgeable people of the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. Again, that's gunlearn.com. So guys, struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures, and what about the liability of getting it wrong? Say hello to bluetogold.com. They, they translate church and seizure documents in the clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give this training for free thanks to bluetogold.com's free weekly webinar. So next week is Mastering Consent Searches. Sign up at bluetogold.com today. Join thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. Bluetogold.com. Check it out. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. So if there's no more commentary on our last story, going, going, gone. Okay, look, let's jump into our next one then. So yeah, we're making good time. So in California, we have a share praising grocery chain for working with police to nab shoplifters amid criticism of other retailers. Now, this is on Police One. Uh, you know, last week we covered a story where they were trying to work with Target and they were telling the sheriff, yeah, you know, just don't arrest them in the store. And, uh, you know, we don't want anyone to see them wearing handcuffs. And don't do this. Or that. And, oh, by the way, do it outside. And, you know, it's raining outside, but just, you know, put it with the rain and stuff, you know. But, yeah, thanks for helping us out, Sheriff. Yeah, crazy, right? So on the heels of a scathing criticism of retailers' response to theft, Sacramento County Sheriff's Department Sheriff Jim Cooper, he praised one major grocery store chain for working with deputies to stop shoplifters. And it's kind of sad that you've got to praise a chain for helping them help you. So Sheriff Cooper, a lamb-blasted Walgreens, Target, and the California Retailers Association last week on social media for thwarting deputies' efforts to arrest suspects and failing to address what he calls lax penalties for proper for property crimes. He detailed how each corporate chain did not allow deputies to carry out a planned anti-theft operation. Wow. And they're only trying to help them out and keep consumer prices down for products. So, But on Sunday, Cooper, the sheriff, piled compliments on Safeway owned by Albertsons, which I did not know, for not impeding deputies during an operation at a Sacramento County store, as well as a California Grocers, Asso Grocers Association as well. So the sheriff, uh, his comments about Proposition 47, so that's the proposition you want to think about. It outlines some property crime offenses and it attracted um, national media attention because there was an outcry against retail theft growing in California. So some crime experts have said there is no correlation between highly publicized so-called smash and grab robberies and Proposition 47, but hey, the rest of us, the, the smarter people in the room know that there is. Some large retailers like Safeway and the California Grocery Association are continuing to help in the fight to keep their communities and customers safe, according uh, to Twitter. And that's what the sheriff wrote. And uh, it's amazing to see uh, what can happen when businesses work hand in hand with law enforcement. So Safeway loss prevention officers coordinated with deputies during a blitz operation to identify theft suspects and then allow them to be cited with misdemeanors, according to the sheriff Cooper's post. The, this alleged, I guess the alleged thieves were also issued a formal order forbidding them from trespassing at Safeway in the future. Wow. It sounds so simple, Brett. Well, going with my prior theory, if you, if the, if the uh, um, sheriff or the police chief says, listen, guys, we're not going to respond to this. These people who don't want us will respond to other people. It's a, it's a better use of manpower. Okay. Given limited manpower, go to the places where they want you not to the places where they don't want you. And I think that would be better. So pick, I think it was Target last time. Say yeah. that we're not going to go to Target. Absent somebody being killed, we're not going to go there. We're going to go to Safeway. And I'll bet you the cops would love that. Yeah. I mean, they, they even threw Walgreens name in there too, Joe. I know that you're, you'd like to hang out at Walgreens. And I think you that's where you met your wife, I know. But but go ahead, Joe. Met her at Walmart. Um, so Walmart <laughs> yeah. That was good. That was good. But uh 
No, I just, you know, they, they, in California, they, they raised the um, limit on a felony to like $950. Uh, I mean, that's ridiculous to begin with, but uh, what, what concerns me is these, these stores are concerned that they're going to offend the criminals and it's going to look bad for their business. Well, what would really look bad is when you walk in the store and you got to pay $10 for an item when it's really should be five bucks. So they, they're not really concerned about the theft. Uh, they just push it on to the consumer. And uh, here again, uh, you know, it's costing all of us uh, in the long run because they refuse to enforce the law. And like Brett said, uh, we've done this in Tampa. We had areas where they didn't want us. They, they didn't care if we were there. And you know what? You just avoided those areas and let them thin themselves out. You know, what's even worse is when you go into a store, there's nothing on the shelves because it's all been stolen. Yeah, I, just don't, <laughs> I, mean, I don't get it. I, I don't get society today. I just don't get what's going on. Well, they know something's wrong. They just don't. They're not willing to go hard enough to fix the problem. So they're just looking for something cushy and feel good in the middle. But, they, you know, they haven't got it yet. They're going to get it. But, uh, uh, Brett, I got one more with a video component, but go ahead. You know, if they would just say, listen, if they be honest, we don't want you here. No problem. Okay. Just cut that out of your grid map. And just don't go. Okay, right on. Yeah. We don't. We don't want to go either. Yeah. Now we got we got active officers listening to Brett right now. Even at the Tampa Police Department, saying, "What? What in the world's a grid map? Grid map? What is that? What is that? Yeah, we lived on those things." So, all right, guys, this will probably be our last one. We got less than five minutes left at Rumble.com, our favorite channel. Again, this is Butter. Two Euclid officers are injured in, in a, I guess, in fatally in a fatal shootout. It's with an armed guy, but it happens when they're serving an eviction notice. Okay. Just open and let it breathe. Ready? Yep. Mr. LaGuard! Oh! Shots fired! Shots fired! Shots fired! Shots fired! Radio, he's shooting from inside the house. Stuck in the. Can you get out? Rick, jump out that window. Hold on. Hold on. Radio, we got an officer stuck. This went south. Wow. So Euclid police say that a man who opened fire on police uh, after being served an eviction noticed that he's dead. So at least we have a good outcome. So in a Facebook post sent out on Friday afternoon, uh, the Euclid police department says that officers were called to assist the Euclid court bailiff who was evicting somebody. And the resident, his name is Chad McGraw, um, verbally refused to come out when ordered by the bailiff. Um, so I should say he was formerly known as Chad McGraw. So per eviction procedures, a locksmith was able to unlock the front door. So when the door opens, shots are fired from inside the residence by our bad guy, right, uh, toward the bailiff and the police that are backing up the bailiff. So uh, while the bailiff and the locksmith are able to get out of the way, a Euclid cop gets trapped on the porch, um, and uh, and he's unable to get away, and, shot, and more shots are being fired. So officers are able to assist their comrade that's stuck on the porch while more law enforcement agencies and they call it the EDGE. It's the Eastside Department's group enforcement. It's like a SWAT team arrives. So SWAT officers 
find our bad guy McGraw inside the house with a self-inflicted gun wound to his head. It looked it looked like a loaded handgun was also recovered. Uh, later, he later died from his injuries. No other person was located within the home. Um, now, you know, I said it's self-inflicted, but it actually just says he had a gunshot wound to his head. So I guess it's possible that someone could have shot him. Euclid police say that two officers suffered minor injuries and both were treated and released from local hospitals. It could have been much worse, but to watch them grab this officer on the front porch and to like kind of drag him, get him out of that way. Eventually when he's stuck, he just can't, you know, he's, you know, bullets are flying out through this door and through this, this frame home. It was crazy. Any commentary on this guys? No? Um, I watched the video and they, you know, the guy that was stuck, if you look behind him, there is a screen porch there. Yeah. Um, my rear end would have been going through the screen screen. I mean, I'm not going to stand there on the porch because it's obvious it was a flimsy house. It looked like a little, you know, maybe just a little bit of aluminum uh, that was covering maybe a plywood wall. The dude could have been shooting through the wall at you. But uh, when, when the shot started firing, I, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out of there. I would have went through the screen, screen porch uh, right there. I, I'd have been on the ground or something. But uh, And then when they tried to evacuate the cop, uh, Brett's well aware of this. You have a deadly funnel um, tech, you know, that's used a lot, uh, in training. You don't want to be in that area. They brought him right across that doorway. They're lucky that, uh, the bad guy didn't, you know, pop off a couple of rounds at, at the cops when they were bringing back across the front of that door. I, I'd have went through the screen, but you know, it's when you're in those situations, you, uh, you do what you think is best, but myself, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have ran in front of that door. All right. Thank you, Joe. Look, I know what Brett's waiting for. He's waiting for this uh, Georgia story about the uh, the gender uh, gender affirmation story. So Georgia County challenges the judge's order to pay for a deputy's gender um, gender story here. Um, Georgia County asked a federal appeals court on Tuesday to overturn a ruling that it illegally discriminated against a sheriff's deputy by failing to pay for her gender affirmation surgery. So the lawyers for Houston County Sheriff's Office, Sergeant Anna Lang, urged a three-panel judge of the 11th U.S. Circuit District Court of Appeals to reject the appeal. They said during a hearing in Atlanta that the U.S. Supreme Court has made it clear that denying Sergeant Ling insurance coverage for the procedure is illegal sex discrimination. We've only got like 50 seconds, but Brett, I know you're dying to talk about this, so I, we're all in pins and needles. Go ahead, buddy. You know, a lot of people don't realize this, especially people don't work for a living, but that money comes out of some working person's pocket in the form of taxes on some level. But the politicians don't care because it's not their money. The judges don't care. It's not their money. But somebody out there had to work hard for every single one of those dollars that was given to the freak that wanted a different junk. Well, the, the other thing on this, whatever happened to elective surgeries? I mean, are we going to start paying for breast implants, hair transplants, uh, you know, every other type of, uh, uh, you know, plastic surgery? That's a pla elective surgery. That I don't get it. And like Red said, that's a lot of money coming out of the taxpayer's pocket. Oh, you better believe it. I mean, I see people now, and I know we're on overtime, but I see people now getting jobs in law enforcement just to have this taken care of, you know? Yeah. Why, well, they do it in the military. They're going in the military to do it now. So, well, guys, uh, hey, great show. Thanks for being on the show, Joe and, and Captain Brett. Appreciate it, guys, Sergeant Captain. Have um, a great Thanksgiving, everybody. 
and you know, Joe doesn't like it if I don't. He wants me to start getting in the habit of giving his rank out before I say Joe. So oh, I'm no. finally getting the habit of starting to show. <laughs> hey, I'm making it up, but I, he does. I can mute his mic, and I can just sound like I'm, I'm, you know, not lying. But anyhow, but thanks, guys, for being on the show. I do want to mention the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. It's Lieutenant Randy Sutton's 501c3 helping cops out and the world of hurt that are suffering from things like PTSD and other issues. So the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. Please check them out and support them. Uh, a shout out to our sponsors again: Motion DSP, AUFire.com. GallsGunner.com, BlueTheGold.com, MyMedicare.Live, Monster, thanks for the fuel, Brian Burns for the free press at TampaFB.com, Radita, Red Voice Media.com. Thanks for the support. We'll see you guys back tomorrow, 12 noon.